Welcome to Straight from the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space. And I'm Bean. And we welcome to our episode, which is about what today? Today, we are talking about body positivity. And we actually have talked about this before in the past at, you know, on our old show for media. But we wanted to revisit it because it's been a couple of years and, uh, you know, relevant. it's kind of relevant with what's going on. Everybody's got their quarantine gut going on. So, you know, we just want to touch on it. <laughs> For real, like if anyone out there says they haven't gained weight at all during this quarantine, I call bullshit. Liar. <laughs> Lies. I've gained, let's see, my normal resting weight is like 340, which I know is, no, no, it's 330, which is not great for a six foot five man. That would be considered as morbid obesity if you're my doctor, which I actually hate when she writes me a prescription for something and it says morbid obesity, I'm just like, oh, gross. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have actually, I gained 20 extra pounds throughout the year because of the pandemic. Um, not forcefully, just kind of like, just did. It just happened. Now, I'm in the process of losing it. I have hit the 10 pound mark. So I'm now 340. I was 350. Um, that took about a month to do. So <laughs> there you go. There's there's a lot involved in it. Mm-hmm. Actually, not very much. My doctor's like, uh, so the best thing for you to do would be to only eat two meals a day, make sure they're protein-based and not huge. So I eat breakfast, and then I can literally uh, – I take phenamine, so I can literally now go from breakfast all the way from 7 a.m. to about – 6 or 7 p.m. and then be ready for hunt, like for dinner and then I'm good. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing. So I've kind of gotten used to like not eating for like six or eight hours in between meals. Yeah. At first it was really, really difficult, but now I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. It is what it is. It is. Coffee helps. It does. <laughs> but then it also makes you poop as well. Pooping makes you lose weight technically. Yeah, technically. I mean, sometimes I, I come out of the restroom and I'm just like, wow, I dropped like five pounds. Yep. <laughs> I feel bad for the plumber. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually plugged the toilet the other week. Oh, no. Yeah. And, I mean, literally, <laughs> I call Felix. I'm like, I can't get the thing to unplug. It won't unplug. <laughs> so, like, I, I chance from like from one bathroom to the other to finish. And then oh. I come out. He's like, I got it unstuck. And I'm like, how? <laughs> I was plunging for like five minutes straight. So <laughs> big boys, big poops. That's how God. It how was your uh how was your thanksgiving by the way oh my thanksgiving was okay you know it's it's like uh we didn't have a big family gathering but thanksgiving is my mom's birthday this year and so her and my dad came over and we did a little gift exchange for her and 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 that's what we did and we still had a thanksgiving dinner kind of thing but just on a smaller scale since there was only like um five of us Nice. And these are people that I see regularly, so it didn't break any kind of quarantine rule or whatever for any trolls out there. Uh, well, I'm sure they can go ahead and troll me then. Um, okay, so in Utah, they were they were basically saying it's best if you stick to a group of 10 or less. It would be best if it's within your own household. Now, we have literally almost like skipped every sort of family event so we were just like we're not going to do that for thanksgiving 
Um, so we went to Felix's mom's and his brother came from out of town. I won't say where. Um, definitely not Utah. <laughs> but it was 10 people. Everyone was fine. And we're like two weeks out from it and we're still doing okay. So obviously nothing bad happened. But yeah. it's really nice. I mean, we played some games, had some good food. And overall, it was just really nice to be around family. Like, even if I don't see them very often, it was still very nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, likewise. Now, on to our main topic. <laughs> this is a really bad segue, but it is what it is. Um, tonight, we're talking about body positivity. And uh, what is body positivity, Beam? So body positivity is essentially a way of thinking and a way of acting, but mostly a way of thinking where um, you you essentially, you don't have to absolutely love your body or other people's bodies or anything like that, but you accept it for what it is and acknowledge it as something that is still valid and beautiful in its own way. So it's not anything like vanity, for example, it has nothing to do with like, oh, I'm fucking gorgeous all the time. I'm hot. This, that. It, it's it's mostly a way of accepting oneself and seeing oneself as valid no matter what you look like. With with that, body positivity is mainly a mental state of being. So it's not something that you are. It's not something that you you know, can be all the time. It's something that you work on consistently because your mind will automatically, for most people, especially people who do struggle with their, their uh, image and, and their thoughts on themselves, you're automatically going to go into a negative spot most of the time. And body positivity is taking that negative thought and twisting it and correcting it back into something positive. Uh, So for example, uh, for me, I'm a type 1 diabetic. So when I eat food, uh, I have to, I can't just eat it and then go on my way. Uh, I have to think of numbers and math, how many carbs this is have, how many units of insulin uh, is a result of how many carbs. Uh, but on top of having to think about food in a mathematical way for my medication, uh, with body positivity taking effect and with my negative history of having, you know, issues with food and my weight, it, it goes even more into the mental psyche for that. So on top of the numbers popping up in my head, uh, those numbers will start piling on top of more negative thoughts. So it's like, okay, so this has 80 carbs for a serving. Like, let's say if it's really like good ice cream from like, from Brewster's or something like, okay, this has 80 carbs for this, this cone Brewster's. Yeah. Is that like a, like a Georgia thing? Uh, it must be a Southern thing. If you've never heard of it. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. (laughs) On top of thinking about the carbs and the insulin and all that, uh, having a negative image on myself, my brain will also go, should I even eat this? You know, like I'm already fat. If I eat this, will the people around me, you know, be like, of course she's eating that. She's so fat. Even, uh, you know, if you're eating something like a salad, your brain could automatically go to a place like uh, you're eating in front of other people. They're going to be like, why is she eating? She obviously has enough fat on her to last her a year, you know, and your brain will automatically jump to those places. Even if those thoughts aren't true, like obviously other people aren't, you know, going to go that deep into what you're eating. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that to yourself mm-hmm. too, because you're coming up with excuses from other people's 
supposed opinions that have never made light whatsoever. You're just assuming that's what they're thinking. Yeah, but that's a part of the mental psyche, and it's a part of that mental struggle a lot of people have. But the positive aspects of it come from a mental place, too. You're not physically saying, like, you know, oh, my body is... My body is fine the way it is. I love it. Like that, it's good if you can verbalize that. But most of the time, it's going to be a mental spot where you're going to think about your food, you're going to think about your body and how it feels and how you're feeling as a person. And it's going to be that mental dialogue within yourself. That's why the mental psyche connects so much to it. I guess I kind of do the same thing. Um, Okay, so I used justification, mental justification today. So I have a, I, my favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. Absolutely love it. I could eat it for the rest of my life and never get tired of it. Same thing with pizza and possibly tacos. Um, (laughs) But like I had a, I bought some, uh, I bought two different cookies and cream ice creams. Mm -hmm. We've had some for, you know, because it was my birthday earlier this week. And then um, today, like I woke up around, I don't know seven no about eight or nine after my husband left i went into the freezer and i got the half gallon ice cream busted it out started eating it and i'm just like this isn't good for you you you've lost 10 pounds and this is only going to add it just back and then i'm thinking to myself i'm like but i want this and it feels good right now and i'm okay with this because i'll deal with the consequence with it afterwards so i kind of i i i shamed myself a bit but i came up with a plan already i already knew that after that was over i was going to readjust well you know i guess adjust it and be like i'm going to drink water for the rest of the day or i'm just going to eat less for the rest of the day and that's what i did i pretty much just ate less for the rest of the day yeah and it's that important balance of you know you can think and consider your health but also understand that what you're doing does not make your body automatically an evil thing or make your body a a bad place to inhabit because you're the only person who has to live with yourself for the rest of your life. So having to work on how you process things mentally when it comes to your body, your actions, you know, what you eat, it's important to do. Exactly. And with the mental psyche, you can do some bit of damage which kind of brings us into our next little micro topic of body shaming um if your mental psyche takes over and really just decides to go down the mental like the negative route body shaming comes into play and that's not better than anything really else at mm-hmm. that point you're it's, it's you're basically just going on this like downward spiral body shaming is i would like to think is a part of the mental psyche because it's something that you're doing not to yourself but also to others as well and you're kind of doing it automatically or subconsciously not realizing mm-hmm. it and it actually does a lot of damage not just to your outward appearance in general but like to how you think about things in general yeah, so it can it can apply to you thinking about yourself and it can apply to how you think about others. Like, you know, someone could be minding their business and walking across the street and you can think, man, she really shouldn't be wearing that with how, how heavy she is. But then, you know, that's a form of body shaming outwardly. But then there's inwardly, like, let's say you're trying on a crop top, but you're overweight or you feel chubby or anything like that. And, and then you're like, man, I shouldn't wear this because I'm fat. 
you know, those are both forms of body shaming. Now, something I've been doing as of recent, I don't know why I didn't start doing this a long time ago, but like I find myself throughout the week shaming others, not verbally, not outwards, but just kind of like inside and be like, oh my God, you're right. That girl is way too huge to be wearing what she's wearing. But I catch myself saying that or thinking it and I kind of like flip it. And I'm like, you know what? Kudos for her for having the courage and for having you know, that mental positivity to go out and do something like that. Gee, I wish Mm -hmm. I had that. So you can put a spin on things. You just have to like, I think you need to catch yourself doing it first before you can really start to do something. better. Yeah. And it's all about like, it's not about, you know, and some people will feel bad after they say or think something like that, but it's never about your initial thought. It's about if you correct yourself or not, you know, because you can think something like, again, oh, man, she's too big to be wearing that. But then if you catch yourself immediately and you're like, you know what? No, uh, <laughs> that's wrong. And I shouldn't be thinking that way. Like she can wear what she wants. Beauty has is like a personal standard. It, there's no one way to think something is beautiful or attractive. So like, who am I to say this or that or the other about somebody else's outfit? So it's like, it's not about the first thought you have. It's about how you, I guess, think to correct or because the first thought you have typically comes from a societal stance rather than a personal one. And yet uh, you might think like, well, how is society doing this to me? And well, they're doing it to you actually in plain sight. You're just not realizing it. Let's take a really classic example beauty magazines mm-hmm. when was the last time you ever saw a fat chick on the cover probably never because to them beauty to them isn't obesity beauty to them is a standard that has been put into everyone's minds for you know since the dawn of time a barbie body figure and she has the perfect look and she's got the perfect smile and she's got the perfect clothes and that is a form of body shaming from a magazine standpoint. They may not be doing it like to hurt others, but they're creating this standard that is so unrealistic that it's shaming you and you don't even really think about it because you think yourself, oh, I need to be this because this is what they're telling you mm-hmm. to be. So you're kind of like shaming yourself. They're shaming you too. And it's like this double shame, like like almost like a, like a, like a two punch and it sucks. <laughs> That's that's an that's an example of societal shame right there. Um, you could like from movies too. You find a lot of movies like actresses that are really fit, and you kind of say, and you know, I've said it in my head. I'm like, wow, I wish I was that skinnier. There are things where I'll go onto Facebook or I'll go into, you know, forums, and I'll be like, maybe if I was skinnier, like what these guys are, maybe I would be more attractive. And so it, it, it kind of starts to play a, a weird game on you because, like I said, they're not intentionally, they may not be intentionally like shaming you, but you start to think that this is the way things should be. And now you're starting to shame yourself. Yeah. And that is not a good thing to be. No one in this God green, God's earth should ever be shamed, ever. Unless, you know, you're like a bad person, you killed someone, then, you know, yeah, you deserve shame. <laughs> but like, <laughs> in this case, no, it's not. It's not good. In fact, I um, I looked up some facts about body image. And some of these will be pretty, you know, self-explanatory. You may think, okay, that seems about right. One of these facts is that 58% of college-aged girls feel pressured to be at a specific weight. I 
believe that. I remember my first year in college, I, I was forced to take a health class and the teacher was very, very sexist and very biased towards thin women and would be very obvious about it. And, you know, it's even in, in places like school where you don't realize that body shaming and societal standards are being put in place, but they definitely are, uh, you know, put into place. Um, people who are unhappy with their bodies and don't seek healthy nutrition information may develop eating disorders. And eating disorders are unhealthy relationships with food that may include fasting, constant dieting, binging, or purging. Now, I'm a classic example of this. I fast. Sometimes I fast unintentionally. Sometimes I fast intentionally. Sometimes I skip meals, not while on a diet, but just in in general, because I feel like if I don't skip a meal, I won't get to the weight that I need to be at. And I will start doing things like, you don't need that because it's not good for you. Don't eat that because it's going to add sugar and sugar is going to add fat and you're going to gain weight. And I do these little things to remind myself, your goal is not to get fatter. Your goal is to get skinnier. And that would be, I guess, I guess you could say a disorder, not a good one. I still actually am dealing with it, too. Yeah, it's definitely a, a negative form you know, of a relationship with food, definitely, and with your body. And I, I personally struggled with an eating disorder for a couple of years, for, for a while. And it is difficult. And it, you know, it stems from many different places. Everybody's experience is different. Uh, everybody jumps into it from different places. But it definitely takes a toll on your body. And it, it, it and being able to be relieved from such a thing, whether you get professional help or whether it's from help around you or anything like that uh it your your life will definitely improve whether you lose the weight or not just being able to escape those ways of thinking and you know whether it's as deep as having an eating disorder or whether it's simply having a more positive look on your body and what it does for you now body shaming in general just doesn't reply to weight a lot of people will connect it to that. will think it's all about health. It's also about yourself in general as well. You have to be happy with yourself. You have to be okay with yourself. Yeah. Some examples are like the color of your skin, uh, acne, your height, your breath size, your foot size, literally anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's not just about weight. It's about pretty much everything. So all of this really connects to how you see yourself, whether, you know, it's mentally or your outward appearance and how it connects to body shaming and body positivity. And it's just and how to how to love yourself regardless of those things. Uh, now, we had a guest sometime last season, I believe. Was it last season? We had our um, trans and furry show. Was it Bubba King? Yeah, it was. Um, it was Mellow Moon Mutt. Yeah, and something to think about when it comes to body positivity is that it can come from a place of gender as well. And we want to acknowledge this because the furry fandom, which you know is our demographic, has a lot of gender non-conforming people in it. And body positivity extends far beyond weight. You know, again, it could be it could be anything from acne to height to 
to, you know, anything like that. So it can apply to the trans struggle as well, the struggle with gender identity, the struggle with, uh, with the changes your body goes through as you transition, you know, overall, if you go through any kind of hormone therapy or anything like that. Uh, so there are a lot of different ways to start applying body positivity to your overall life and your lifestyle. I think I can I can speak some truth to this too because like I said I'm I'm a big man and so on a daily basis I have to remind myself that I I am beautiful and that I love myself and I love my curvy body and the more I do that the more I believe it and then over time I accept that loving yourself and loving your overall appearance you don't necessarily have to like what you look like, but you need to love yourself as a person on the inside first, then on the outside. You really got to love yourself. So if you're a trans person, and let's say, we'll say I'm male, but I want to become female, or you want to become female, and you just see yourself and you hate your body, okay, I want you to just stop that, okay? <laughs> You have Stop. the I know. Stop it. Like literally, you have the body you have now, okay? And you will transition eventually. But right now, you need to reassess everything. Okay? Be a little bit more feminine if you want to. You can do the things that you want to do to transition, you know, in time. But you need to really find yourself first. Make peace with your body. Then start doing the other things of transitioning when it comes to hormones. If you're going to go full on and actually have either, you know, like implants put in, which I would love to have mine out. I think of them as implants, but, you know, they're not. <laughs> Although, you know, I wouldn't mind having some implants. It's going to be a little bit bustier than I could really have like a good boob set. That'd be kind of nice. But, um, and it just sounds stupid. I'm just going to reiterate it over and over again. You have to love yourself inside. Then you love yourself on the outside. Finding peace with your body as it changes. Because your body is still your body as it continues to change. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't love my boobs, but I like, I mean, I don't mind them. At first, actually, I didn't like my man boobs. So with Kleinfelters, I will always have a pooched out temp, tel, or tummy. And I will always have man boobs. It's just something that's part of the genetic disease that I don't have any control over. I hated them at first because no one likes to see man boobs in a teeth. Like you can see them like when you're wearing a shirt, like, and they get in the way, like, Oh my God, tell me like this, like when I'm wearing a backpack or if I'm on a seatbelt, one seatbelt goes underneath the boob and it just feels weird. And then of course I got someone in the, in the seat next to me and I'm just like, I, I hate this. This is so, so annoying. But over time, I I actually started to love my man boobs, and they're now a part of me. In fact, if you, uh, I have a friend named Kura, Kuragari, um, who's one of our best friends. And every time we go and see him, when we leave, I tell him to come say goodbye to the girls, and the girls are my boobs. <laughs> and he comes in, and I squish them together, and he just has that moment, and he has that moment with my boobs and his. It took a long time to get there, but I love them now. So I, I don't want to ever get rid of them because they're kind of a part of me. 
really they are my tummy the same way you know i don't really love the fact that i have a huge tummy but i don't mind that when i sit on the couch i can prop my hands on top of it and have a great place to sit my hands <laughs> it's nice it really a little is desk. but it's yeah but it came that came out of a form of love that i had to give myself i had to allow myself to feel okay that i had a belly that i had man boobs that I'm a little bit taller, a little bit bigger than normal. I had to allow myself to be okay with that. It takes time. And, you know, it might take therapy. It might take medicine. But it takes time to really, like, I guess, come to grips with yourself. Loving yourself doesn't take a day or two. It takes weeks, months, years, a lifetime, really. And and it takes a lot of different – I don't want to say, like – exercises or act like mental exercises or activities and ways of thinking like there's something that helped me a lot when uh when I was recovering from my eating disorder and when I started to try to settle into the body that I had of course you know you still have your goals of of whatever improvements you want to make but regardless of how what you look like your body has a purpose your body has it, it has there are reasons why it looks the way it looks. There are reasons why your body has specific parts. For example, um, stretch marks. A lot of people hate their stretch marks. Um, I'm one of those people. Uh, you know, mine stay really red for a really long time. I think it has to do with my diabetes. We heal very slowly so that if you do get um, a wound of some kind or a scar of some kind that takes a longer time to heal, it usually will be very prominent. And so because stretch marks are something that technically heal and fade over time like a scar would, mine are very red and very prominent because of that. Because they heal so slowly and they just don't finish the, the, the fading I, process. So Can I just say something real quick though yeah. on that? Cocoa butter and shea butter do jack squat for stretch marks. There's, as much as the, there's not much you can do I, I, for stretch marks. Yeah, like there's 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 uh doctor, I think it's like Dr. Palmer's shea butter or something or cocoa butter like lotion that you're supposed to like rub on your belly and over time it gets rid of the stretch marks such bullshit don't yeah (laughs) like it doesn't actually work but the reason those stretch marks are there is and for a lot of people it could be due to pregnancy it could be due to weight gain or weight loss or just puberty a lot of mine are from just puberty not even necessarily from weight gain because i'm a i'm pretty tall for my my um so I'm pretty tall for a girl. I'm five foot nine and I grew pretty quickly all in one go. So my stretch marks, you know, came at me all at once and I, I, you know, but they serve a purpose. The stretch marks are there because if they weren't, then my skin would have ripped while I grew or they're there. Like for other people, they're there because you had a child, you created life and your stretch marks are there to help your body take that damage of creating a whole ass person. Like there are a lot of parts of your body that you hate that are there for a beautiful reason. And they're there because they serve a function that benefit you as a human being living your fucking life. So, you know, thinking of your body as something that helps you live and helps you grow and get through what you need to get through. Then if that's what helps by, I guess, in a way, anthropomorphizing your own body, then think of it that way. Because it's true. 
Hey, my boobs and my belly serve one purpose now. Comedic relief. <laughs> not just for like, not just for myself, but for others too. And I do it on a daily basis. Um, people will be like, that's like a good food. I'm like, I know. Have you seen the baby I'm carrying right now? Like <laughs> it's, it's huge. And it just makes my food baby even bigger and bigger. And I'll like, I'll literally rub my belly as if I'm having like a child, but like, that's the kind of person I am now. I use my body and I use what I have, not necessarily to, I guess, deflect negativity from me, but more or less to just say, okay, well, I have this body. I accept it for what it is. Let's have fun mm-hmm. with it. It makes other people awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's their problem, not mine. I, I, I have made peace with my body and I am okay mm-hmm. with it. Do you know when I get scared, this, <laughs> this is so funny. Someone actually pointed this out to me and I never realized it until this year. When I get scared or when people get scared, what do you normally do with your hands when you get scared? You raise them. Okay, right? You would think. When I get scared, the first thing I do is I protect the girls by grabbing them. You grab your titties. <laughs> I grab my boobs. <laughs> like it's, I do it every time. I feel like, what are you doing? I'm like, protecting them. They're my babies. <laughs> Come on. That's so f- It's so funny that you say that because my... my- my cousin, ah, oh, hanging out with her tomorrow. My cousin has a nasty habit of flicking my boobs, and when it, if you're not wearing a bra and it hits your nips, painful, painful. So now, anytime she makes a quick movement, my hands automatically, <laughs> automatically cover oh, my tits. Oh no, they cover my tits, just like what you would, you would do. Just for anyone out there who wants to try an experiment on themselves, um. If you ever want to know how hard, how quickly you can get your nipple hard, just flick it. And within seconds, that thing will get so hard you could cut glass with it. Oh, this is off topic, but I have to say, I remember reading somewhere on the internet. So this might not be true because it came from the internet. But, you know, somebody, a, a dude sprayed a bunch of Axe body spray on one of his nipples. And then when he flicked it, it the Axe body spray did something like dried it up or something. And it like flew off of his body. No. Yeah. And it doesn't grow back. He's no nip Steve now. Like, it's gone. (laughs) So I know a lot of the topics we talk about, especially recently, uh, haven't been fandom first. But surprisingly enough, body positivity does connect to the fandom pretty deeply. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is a furry podcast, like, first and foremost. A podcast? Oh, a a podcast. My mouth is so dry. I ate a persimmon. And them bitches make your mouth so dry. Really? What is that? Yeah, I do not like them. I tried one. It made my mouth dry and I'm still recovering. So my friend Kura is obsessed with persimmons only because of Animal Crossing. They're nasty. Like they taste good, but they make your mouth dry. Anyways, fandom. <laughs> this, is a, fandom. this is a furry fandom podcast. <laughs> and it, body positivity is something that I see in the fandom, whether they call it by that name or not. Now... As I mentioned earlier, I I personally went through an eating disorder for a couple of years. And during that time, when it started, my fursona, um, Rory, I know y'all call me Bean. I have two fursonas. Uh, Bean is just me in real life, while Rory is like my, my kind of what I wish I could be. And Rory was the one that came first. So at the time, I only had Rory. And she was a, uh, a thinner-bodied... Border Collie Dragon Hybrid. 
And when I started having my eating disorder, she, you know, that was her design. She was blue and gray and green and she had horns and wings and, and she was thin, even though I was not. And what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) That she's horny. Oh my God. You're grounded. (laughs) Oh dear. And I, as I was trying to help myself get through this predicament I was in, I decided to uh, change my fursona's design to something that felt more me because it felt like I was wearing like a mask. It didn't feel like she reflected who I was or who I wanted to be. Like, yeah, she was thinner than me. Yeah, she was, you know, a cool species and things like that, but it still didn't feel right. And so I, I used the aspect of a fursona to help me start to accept myself. I redesigned Rory to be um, a parrot-dog hybrid, and I increased her weight pretty drastically. I, I She's actually um, more heavyset than I am in real life. And I started to draw her more and commission artwork of her like this, and over time it made me realize, like, this character that I love so much that I feel represents me is still important and still beautiful and still valid regardless of the weight that she is at. She's a confident character, and her weight doesn't contribute to how she feels about herself. And kind of living through that character in that way helped me a lot in pulling away from that eating disorder. So the fandom does have a big aspect in that. I've seen multiple people go through things like that, whether, you know, it has to do with a disorder or not, just learning to love themselves, whether it's somebody who is trans making their persona, you know, how they want to appear in real life or exploring a gender identity that they currently can't explore safely in their own home exploring that through a persona is a safer option or fursuit too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Even if with, you know, having a fursuit or just getting art of that character, it can help immensely with somebody's body image. Definitely. Didn't you go through something similar space? Cause your persona was originally like this huge buff tech bear. <laughs> skinny little bitch that it is. Was. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of went through a phase because I thought that's what I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So iconically and ironically, um, I created a character that I thought would be what everyone would accept and want, not what I wanted. So I went with a husky, a cybernetic husky with like implants and um, just things here and there. And, you know, over time, I started to evolve it into something more that I wanted because it wasn't something it really represented me as a person, um, but that's how I see it as like a as like a persona. It's a representation of me, not something I wanted to be. It was at the beginning, but now it's more personal, um, and I wouldn't have any other way. Yeah. I think everyone starts out like that too. Though everyone kind of creates something that they think would be good or think that everyone should like. And then eventually they kind of just realize, Oh, maybe this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. And you, and then you become like being where you just change your name, like every six months. I'm just kidding. Oh, please. <laughs> I've only changed my name once. <laughs> That's true. That's totally true. People called me moths without asking me if that's what I wanted to be called. Never ever have I put, Hey, my name is moths anywhere. 
I think I called you Moths. I like to call you Moths and then Rory and then Bean took me a little bit to get used to. But now I reference you all the time. Actually, I reference you quite often at work, too. Really? As Bean? Yeah. Do people, has anybody ever been like, is that her real name? <laughs> no, but I'm I'm wondering if people are ever going to ask the question, is Felix and Curtis the same person or are they two different men? <laughs> You're having an affair. <laughs> yeah, because I talk, I talk as if like Curtis, I mean, well, because they are. They are the same person, but I'm wondering if anyone else at work is like, man, this guy is playing the game. (laughs) Space is a hoe. I am. Well, I mean, we already know this. (laughs) (laughs) I have a street name. Oh, my God. But on top of for a straight name, I'm sorry. Hold on. (laughs) A straight name? No, I said I have a street name. Oh, street. I thought you said a straight name. I'm like, what is it? Fucking George? My straight name is John. That's my John? real name. <laughs> that's, my real, that's my real name. I never. Uh, it's you know it is so like distasteful when your friends call you by your real name and not your persona name. It drives me up the wall. I don't like it. Oh, I like three like, friends? Yeah, like my. I think my uh, my friend Rue called me John the other day, and I'm just like it's like nails on a chalkboard, you know, like, you know, my name is space. Call me space. Calling my name. John makes me feel like I'm in trouble. Like when my mom calls me, John, Michael Christensen, that's my full name, <laughs> but I know I'm in trouble. Oh my God. So when I hear my friends say it, I'm just like, Oh, I'm in trouble. What did I do? I called you John once on our trip and I hated it. And you were like, no. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> please, please don't call me by my real name. <laughs> I mean, even if like we're in like public, if if I ever came across the fan, I would want them to call me Space. I, I would feel more comfortable that way than yeah. calling them. Um, I think I've referenced you once by your real name, and it just felt weird in my mouth, so I just kept calling you Bean forever. Then, and then people are like, "What does Bean stand for?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I never questioned it." <laughs> <laughs> it's because Bean has little bean sprout growing out of her head. <laughs> She's got little toe beans. Oh my god! Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna whirl into when we just talked about how personas can help a lot with body positivity and learning to love yourself and to set personal goals. But there are also some fandom subgroups that I think can tie into body positivity. But I want to mainly mention the differences. Wait, what subgroups would tie into body positivity? Um, I they it connects to body positivity, but. In a way that can be seen as negative. Like the muscle furs? Yes, exactly. So there are subgroups of furry like muscle furs and fat furs. And neither of those things are bad. Okay. I just want to talk about how there's a difference between between being body positive and applying that to your fursona and being a what some people would call a fat fur. A fat fur is usually a group of people who will fetishize plus sized people and will fetishize bellies usually in a in an unrealistic way, either through like inflation or stuffing or anything like that. So I just want to mention real quick here, since this is a furry based podcast that um, fat furs and muscle furs or, you know, anything like that, any kind of subgroup that relates to body extremism, that isn't body positivity. That is fetish, fetish, fetishizing a body type to the fetish, fetish, fetishization. How do you even fetish? uh something like that fetish 
fetishization. No, it's almost. I want to say Shazam. Fetishization. <laughs> now, this doesn't mean that you can't be a body positive person. Person. Wow, that was an accidental pun. <laughs> usually that's me that's doing that yeah (laughs) that doesn't mean you can't be a body positive person who is also a fat fur that's that it doesn't mean you can't be both uh it there is just a big difference between the two that i wanted to bring up real quick something i've never really gotten into was like the macro micro furs i don't get how that's different strokes for different folks i suppose you're right i i I don't, I, I'm not going to say I don't like fat furs. It's just, I just don't get it because they'll come up to you and some of them just don't understand social aspects of life and interaction. And they'll come up to you and I had one friend that would like rub my belly and then I'm just like, what are you doing? That's not, that's not how you approach someone. You don't just go up to them and rub their belly. You wouldn't go up to a pregnant woman and say, oh, I can hear the baby on, you know, like you just don't do I that. I can hear the baby. It says, fuck you. <laughs> I just, and I always felt like that was just so uncomfortable and I would never do that to someone else. I, I But I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sh- like <laughs> fetish shame someone for liking, you know, plush or plus size people. I mean, that's not my thing, even though I'm plus size. It's not like I, I fetishize over that, but oh, I did it. (laughs) I said the word. Just remember that it's all about consent. Just because somebody is fat and also a furry or has a fat persona does not mean that they are into that and does not mean that you have permission to come up to them, whether they're in or out of fursuit and like start touching their stomach and calling them chubby. Even if it's online and you see a picture of like, let's say a cute fursuiter, you don't have the right to go into their comments and be like, "Mm, gee, such a cute tummy. Like not everybody likes that. Make sure you realize that before you go around and, you know, it could be very similar to going and going to somebody's selfie online and be like, oh, man, you got fat tits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're still <laughs> fetishizing that person, even though it's a different form of fetish. I kind of, I really hope that if I post a picture, you say that in one of my pictures. Oh, my God. I would feel so honored if you did. Girl, you got <laughs> Maybe fat on tits. for affinity. Boy, you got fat tits. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know yeah. I'm doing my job right, yo. Tell the girls I said hi. Do you want to know what their names are? Yes. Janet Jackson. Oh, my God. But they change. They change like on a daily basis. Sometimes they're different. So you don't know which is which. Sometimes they're Jack and Jill. Sometimes they're uh, Dolly Parton. It just depends on who has the biggest boobs. So they always connect. They always connect. Yeah. To the same person. (laughs) Just like actual boobs. Yeah. (laughs) They always always connect to the same person. (laughs) One day, you know, one of these days, I'm actually going to go into Victoria's Secret and buy a bra just for me, just to see what they say. Oh, I bet you they would be fairly supportive. I've I've heard Victoria's Secret is is an okay place. I mean, they have they have really good bras and stuff. It's just they're so freaking expensive. Yeah. I was always told this. Like seriously, my mom would always do this to us. It's just like a little side tangent here. Um, even though we pretty much do side tangents all the time. Um, whenever we walked past the Victoria's Secret in the mall, our moms would make us put our faces up or put our hands up next to our faces and shun the place as if it didn't exist. In, that, as if it was is a that bad a Mormon thing or no, it's just a mom thing that she did. I don't know why. I mean, 
she went there and shopped, so I don't understand what was so great. Oh, Lord. And I, I want to know who Victor's place is. You got Victoria. Who's Victor? You got Victor specializes in panning. Victor, uh... Victor is the transgender name for Victoria. She's got a secret, and that is the secret. She's really a man. <sighs> who knows a lot about breasts. Yeah, and panties. Hell yeah, she does. <laughs> Anyways, like always, we thank you guys for <laughs> listening to our show. Um, if you have any questions about this particular topic, you can always email us at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com and let us know all about it. I love reading every single one of your emails, and I love responding back to them individually. I think it's a lot of fun. We have been getting a lot more recently, which we always appreciate. We do read them, even if it takes a while for us to get back to you. Uh, we are planning on having an email response video probably sometime before this season is over. Video episode. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, we are going to be doing a show being, this will be the first time you've heard this topic, but oh, well, what is your most favorite holiday memory? Because 2020 has sucked balls for so many people. We want to focus on everything, but this year. So Ooh, I have a lot of good ones. Send us a tweet on Twitter at from the muzzle, or just send us an email. I talked to the muzzle at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite holiday memories and we will share them and give you credit for it. Yes. All right, folks, but if that's really it, do we have anything else? Uh, I do not think so. Okie doke. I just want to let everyone know that I have successfully braided three wires together through this whole show. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> and I managed to color an entire picture. The <laughs> coloring book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, have a great day. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.